Hi, this is Kathy Arun, known as the Liberal Sherpa. For our podcast today, I have invited David Weissman. If you are on Twitter, I know you've seen one of his tweets. I would like to give him the title of uh, Twitter correspondent, Twitter guru. Um, Maybe you could help me with uh, the proper name for him. But this is a man who is so popular on Twitter that Hillary Clinton is following him amongst so many other famous people. And it's really because I think uh, I follow him. uh, We're fascinated by his journey. And I thought it was only me maybe, but it's not because I asked on Twitter if anyone had any questions for David Weissman for a podcast I was going to do. And I received more than 20. So I'm not the only one. We are all so interested in a person who proudly, proudly wore a Trump Pence t-shirt and was part of the Tea Party and was MAGA, a million percent, and then is proudly now wearing a Biden-Harris t-shirt and calls himself a liberal Democrat. The journey, I want to know his journey. I want to know what, it's just, there's so many questions. And I'm so glad to see I'm not alone. Uh, So this goes out to the Twitter fam who is curious. Okay, this is what we know of him from his bio on Twitter. It's David Weissman, um, at David M. Weissman, W-I-S-S-M-A-N. He's got the cute little blue check mark. um, And this is his bio. This is all he tells us. U.S. Army vet, comma, former Republican, comma, former Trump supporter, comma, liberal Democrat, comma, Florida Steering Committee member at Project Lincoln, comma, columnist, uh, hashtag Demcast. So you don't really see Trump supporter and liberal Democrat in the same line. So yeah, what's the deal? Okay, he's going to call me any second now. And I promised him this would be a 20 minute interview. Of course, I've received over 20 questions. So I promise you it'll only be 20 minutes. All right. He's about to call me. Wait, wait, wait. I have to put you on speaker. Um, you'd think I'd be more professional at this point, right, David? Speaker, speaker, speaker. There. Is it you, David? Yes, it's me, David. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this awful? I'm using two phones because I was so overwhelmed with questions for you that um, I had to. I'm using two phones, one for questions and one to actually interview you. That's how important you are, David. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, David, thank you for taking time out for this interview. I'm super happy and super honored that you said yes, um, because I'm one of your many Twitter followers. And I think a lot of us are in awe of you and... I start thinking, if I'm so curious about who you are, I know everybody else is. And I know you've written articles. 
Uh, you can interrupt at any time. You're, I know you're you're so sweet that you're not going to interrupt me. But please, um, you've written articles and I've read them. Uh, you kind of have a common name. Um, so when I Google, sometimes I find other people that are not you. And I don't believe everything that's on the internet because I, I've, I've been a writer long enough. And, you know, I, I, I know who, I know some things on the internet are just not correct. So I wanted just to ask you, what's correct what's not correct and how the heck you have hillary clinton following you like that that's going to be my grand finale okay are you ready yes david um okay you wrote this is how i know you and this is how a lot of people know you and it's really um by by twitter you're like a voice of reason uh you're a vet which by the way thank you you're you're a hero all that's in my eyes just a true hero thank you um thank you for saving all of us um uh, thank you uh okay former republican this is so interesting former trump supporter liberal democrat uh florida steering committee member project lincoln which i want you to tell me more about that um and a columnist for demcast so your uh, pinned tweet is a picture of you with uh, how how it started, how it's going. So you have this like uh, sweat. This uh, David, it's not a great photo of you. Uh, the the Trump the Trump Pence. I, I put them together. Tr- uh, Trumps. Uh, Trump Pence. Uh, Twenty sixteen. You look a little sweaty. You don't look so happy. And you're not super buff. And then we have this Biden-Harris loose shirt, uh, super cute, uh, handsome fella. Uh, Thank you. So, like, you're like saying, I was, I was kind of this guy that you probably wouldn't want to talk to, and now I'm the guy that every gal wants to marry and every guy wants to be. And it's truly by changing from Trump to Biden, like changing your changing your political beliefs has made you a better person is that what you're trying to say yes um it's definitely a lot more than just like switching from trump to biden um during my journey you know i was very very right-wing and you know i talk about how trumpism really consumes you you know the anger the hatred you know the fear um something that you know people don't really understand you know about liberals about democrats because you know we've been getting our information from propaganda and you know that you know it starts out with fear and then it just really turns into anger hate um you know some views might have been from growing up uh some views were just believing in that indoctrination and you know just really really takes over and yeah, and yeah, I mean, you know, getting angry, it's almost like social media warfare, you know, and trying to get reactions from people just to, because you want, you, you have this set image of what Amer- what you think America should be. And, it's, you know, to me, bluntly, you know, it is white nationalism. I mean, I'm, I'm white and I'm Jewish, but, you know, when it comes down to the American first agenda, that's like, you know, white nationalism what it really is so yeah there's a lot of hate involved you know um you know you might you, you, in your mindset you think you're being patriotic and you know again it was very very consuming until i had a conversation with 
Sarah Silverman, other Democrats, liberals, and, you know, I, you know, sort of changed my outlook. You know, my worldview started changing about what liberals believe in, and I'm starting to see how the Republican Party, a lot of it is actually built on lies, lies about Hillary Clinton, President Obama, different people like that, that I mean, you know, and how, what the country is supposed to represent, you know, um, one of the real patriotism, learning about systemic racism, you know, different things that, you know, when you're a conservative, you're kind of shielded from, you know, because you're not used to that exposure, especially watching conservative news. Um, you know, and, and as, you know, uh, being on Fox and, and a lot of your followers being conservative, Fox viewers, uh, you know, when you think about conservative, you want to follow people that, you know, have your views and you think to yourself that they would never lead you wrong. So, um, you know, and so you automatically jump to those networks and, you know, and they, they hear them saying, oh, MSN's the enemy, you know, and all this stuff has definitely gone on before Trump. You know, I think, you know, as I see it now, that Trump was an opportunist, that he saw the fears and, you know, what conservatives were going through during Obama's presidency, that he took advantage of that, and he wasn't afraid that of what, what he felt that conservatives wanted and, and would say it. And I think that's what sort of helped build his following, his support, and his regard in the presidency. And, you know, so when my views of the Republican Party started to change, and I know MAGA was having problems with being dialogue with liberals and Democrats, I was having respectful conversations because I saw the benefit of that. So just trolling them, um, you know, I, you know, I'm going to get some backlashes for it. And sort of this sort of didn't help you with that, you know, Trump can do the wrong trance. Um, and then, you know, I think when I realized, you know, Trump's views, my views were wrong for America as it, it was, as it was changing, I began to saw the con of Trump as well. I saw how he was a track codger and me being a veteran, you know, I was in the military for 13 years, been deployed. 13 and, years? Yes, 13 years. And to see that he dodged at five times. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I thought he was a patriot. I thought he loved America. I thought he was, you know, I mean, you see some of the cartoons, you know, you know, Trump has Captain America, Superman as this patriotic superhero, you know, and that's why I thought he was. I mean, I know, I know he wasn't perfect. And, you know, nobody is perfect. And especially when you're a conservative, you're friends with a lot of evangelicals and, um, you know, sort of compared him to like the people in the Bible because they weren't perfect. So it was like, you know, he's just a guy being a guy, you know. And I didn't, I didn't know about his like his past with Russia, or you know, the draft dodging and other stuff like that. But other stuff, you just sort of look over it um, when you're talking about grabbing women by the, you know, yeah. I, I thought it, I thought it was just locked from the top, you know, you know, just guys being guys. I didn't really think he actually did it. Um, and you know, other. Other than this was not as overlooked because, you know, Democrats were so much worse. You know, they were part of this globalist cabal under George Soros, you know, wanted to take your rights away, wanted to take your freedoms away. Everything they knew was wanted to take stuff away from you. And what I learned is that they're actually fighting for rights of people who don't have the same rights that you do. You know, and especially with systemic racism, that was like one of the big things that I've learned. Um, that, that sort of added empathy to, you know, to really let them, you know, my anger, my hate. Um, and I used to believe that, you know, I used to believe that Black Lives Matter were Marxists, were terrorists. 
Um, you know, same with Muslims, you know, people of color and marginalized people against you felt, you know, they will want to attack you and, you know, and so like when I was seeing, you know, because you know, I remember, you know, like watching like Laura Ingram and Pyro and Hannity, you know, and, you know, when they had their marches or protests, um, especially with them Ferguson, you know, the, the situation, you know, they can be peaceful around the whole country. And, you know, there's a couple of incidents here and there, and, and, and they'll take that one bad incident, and they will make it like, you know, that's that's what they stand for, the whole group. So you, so you believe in that fear indoctrination. And then, you know, through my journey, I started watching videos where three or four cops, white cops, you know, taking down a, a pregnant black woman. I'm like, what the hell is this? Why do they need four five cops to take down this one black woman? Wait, so, wait, so, David, so you, um, you grew up, like, how'd you grow up with politics? A lot of people come from families where uh, politics aren't even discussed. Some people come from families where politics is all they discuss at the kitchen table. Uh, so how were you raised when it came to politics? Was it a big deal in your family or was it just not even brought up? Well, uh, I was raised conservative and religious, you know, and basically that's how sort of led me as a conservative because I was, you know, I was anti-LGBTQ, I was anti-abortion, um, you know, what I, what I thought was pro-life. Um, we, you know, as far as politics itself, like, you know, as I remember growing up, wasn't really talked about it a whole lot. In fact, I was always told, you know, you shouldn't really talk about politics. Um, so where were you, where'd you bring, where were you, uh, where were you raised? Like, a, Florida? Or, like... um, yeah, well, I'm originally born, born, um, in New York, and I lived there until, like, my teens and moved down to Florida. Uh, um, lived there, you know, growing up in Florida in high school and junior high. Okay. Uh, Okay, so it's the uh, south, but not really the south, because I'm I'm from Florida. So where's the south? We're super south, but we're not really the south. But okay, so it was more like the principles, like um, the the social issues were brought up, but not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, uh, Reagan, Carter, Nixon, you know, not necessarily politicians or stuff like that. So then you entered the the army you you give back to your the country so you went that extra step like talk about being a patriot you you made you've made such a sacrifice for the country and then you're you're back um you're back here and you you were you joined the tea party like you were a tea party leader right oh well, i'm not no, not a leader uh just just tea party member you know i felt that my views aligned with the tea party um, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't a leader by any means, just, just okay. a member of that, of that sect, um, you want to call it sect or faction, whatever you want to. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't even know what we call the Tea Party anymore, but I remember, um, I was debating, I remember at CNN debating the Tea Party and I'm like, what, I'm sorry, what, what's the Tea Party? Like, wh- where did they come from? What is this? So it was, uh, it was kind of brand new to all of us. And I, and then the issues that were being debated uh, we're we're kind of new, but I, I I feel like the Tea Party kind of morphed. It went into like the birther movement, went into right. uh, Make America Great Again. It's all kind right. of like been a move, right? It's all kind of goes together. It's all yeah. It was, they they're the ones that paved the way for MAGA, the, the Trump supporting movement. So yeah, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that because a lot of the stuff that was going on, 
with the right wing propaganda um, that fed a lot of this stuff. Um, you know about Hillary Clinton, and you know, bringing them up, and Obama, you know, was with the Tea Party. Um, and it's not just Fox News, so there's like so many different conservative outlets out there. Um, and, and they're and they're very, very on the same page in their messaging. That's how their messaging got so big. And it was very, very good at Facebook. You know, I mean, before I was on Twitter, I was on Facebook a lot. And I was in a lot of different Facebook groups. And that, that definitely sort of, like, I think um, also helped lit the fire uh, where we see today and then the problems that we're having today. It really, really escalated and became the norm, and yeah, it just gotten gotten a whole lot worse. You know, the Q um, in my earlier mega days, uh, Q was like, I mean, it was there, but they weren't as big as they are now, and that that really grew. Um, yeah, so yeah, what you, happened? So is it so so is it the um, the online? Because you're really you're you're super active on Twitter, um, which I, I'm pretty active, but I jo- I. I I guess I'm really active, but I joined in 2015 when uh, uh, Trump was so active on Twitter. As a journalist, you can no longer ignore Twitter. So that's when I got on. I didn't even know how to... Someone someone actually... It's funny, a Fox viewer had to tell me how to retweet because I wasn't retweeting anything correctly. So the Fox viewers walked me through it because they're like, you're doing it all wrong. So um, I, I, I always had a pretty really good relationship with the Fox viewers because um, if I was trying to say something, they definitely wanted to show me how to say it if I wanted to get it out. But I wasn't in the Facebook rooms. I wasn't in all that stuff. So are you saying like Facebook and all that is what, um, is what, how everyone communicated really? It's kind of like, yeah. How every, yeah. Okay. Especially in the groups, you know, they don't they post a lot of um, memes or memes. I'm not sure how you, I think it's memes, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot of that out there. Um, you know, that's where you see a lot of the really defamatory stuff. Um, and, you know, and I guess, you know, when you're conservative, you never really, really question things about, it. you know, you just sort of went along with the, you know, went along with it and thinking that they're posting accurate information. You know, I, you know, I never really questioned sources and the people that I, you know, you know associated myself with never questioned. Um, I mean, and we all felt that we were um, doing right for the country when we were, you know, demonizing Democrats, and because we, you know, we really thought that they were the bad guys, we really thought that they were the enemy of the state, you know, the deep state. You know, we really believed that, so we felt it was like our patriotic duty to, you know, speak out against it no matter what. Yeah, I read you wrote uh, for uh, Dem. It's it's Dem Cast USA, right? You wrote. Um, I was looking up. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to look up as as much as I could about you. But it was interesting. You wrote an article. You say that um, I know there are people in MAGA who do care for their country, but have been brainwashed by right wing right wing propaganda, like I was for years, believing that Democrats, Muslims, and MSM uh, mainstream media were the enemy of America. Uh, so I, I had a lot of concerns just like you had, but I've gotten to know, um, the people we feared and they're just like us. So before this, I asked people on Twitter, if you have any questions, I'm going to be interviewing, uh, David is Weissman, right? I'm pronouncing it. Weissman. Okay. I didn't, we said Weissman. I want to make sure I've got it right. So Weissman, 
Um, cause luckily when we're on Twitter, we don't have to pronounce each other's names. You know, I might, you'd laugh, butcher my last name, I'm sure, which I'm fine with. Um, but so I got, to, I asked people and so many questions poured in because it's that, that moment. Like, uh, I think a lot of people are confused. How did you go from tea party, MAGA, um, con- considering a group of people are the enemy of America to where you are now like how did that transformation happen should i just ask you what people have asked or is Um, there like an easy way for you to answer that one well part of that well i definitely have no problem answering questions but like when it comes to like the enemy you know those that group like democrats msm concerning the enemy that was that was before trump and i think um trump was sort of like the antidote of that of that problem, of that, um, you know, movement, because, uh, you know, Trump was not, people thought that he told it like it is, that's why he was elected, because he was saying all the stuff that the conspiracies, conspiracy theorists were saying. So, a lot of the stuff that Trump is touting, that, that was, that was in a Tea Party, that was, that was before him. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was active, uh, he's been active on Twitter a long time. So most of it came from not, uh, you weren't flipping channels. You weren't doing CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox. You, you weren't flipping. You were basically online, just reading what was going correct. on. Okay, that's- and I watched Fox, yeah. And, and, and you know, Brent Barr, Glenn Beck, and all of those, all of those different guys. O'Reilly. So, so are you saying, so, so did you know me from those shows then? Um, I think so. I, I think so, but yeah, I, I think I do remember you, and I know, and I um, and I always trash like the liberals on a show, like, oh, you guys are wrong. <laughs> so you thought I was wrong? I always thought I made great points. So I was on O'Reilly, um, Kelly Files. Uh, you know, like I I started with I my first show was Hannity in two thousand eight, and uh, I always thought you know maybe maybe I'll get through to someone. But you're just telling me I didn't get it through. I probably didn't get through. Anyone, no, you didn't. Did I? I, I thought you were wrong. I thought uh, Juan Williams was wrong. Um, <laughs> and other, you know, other liberals that were on the show, I thought they were wrong. Um, and I, I guess I just didn't question. I was so I was I close minded. So so for those those of us who thought we were making kind of a difference, no, we were. I actually never argued. I never really thought I was going to win an argument. Anyway, I never. I, I never argued. I was just kind of there just to show a different point of view, but I didn't, um, I knew, uh, you know, you're invited to, um, Bill O'Reilly's house. You're definitely not going to leave winning. That wasn't the point. It was like, just like, thank you for letting me kind of say a different point of view. And that's the way I always saw it. Like, you know, uh, um, if you didn't, like a lot of people didn't think, um, Hispanic women spoke English. So I was just kind of there like, hi, I speak English, you know, and if I could accomplish that, I was pretty happy. I had, I had really small goals. Um, yeah. So I, I hope, I hope I broke that stereotype. Um, uh, I hope you didn't too. <laughs> no, I, it didn't work either. No, no, no. I, I said, I, I hope you did. <laughs> I hope, yeah, no, I like, I don't know. So uh, that got me through the day. Like, okay. Um, so, um, I asked, uh, so 400 people gave a like that I would be interviewing you and asking you questions. So this is really, this is really great because there's so many things I want to ask you, but this is in other people's minds. So I'm not the only one curious about you. Um, 
Okay. So you're ready. This is this I'm one. Ready. Okay. So this is from, and I asked everyone permission if I can use their names, and I got a no from one person. So, uh, boy, I hope I, I remember. Okay, yeah. Okay, I know exactly the one that said no. So I'm not going to goof. Um, this is, this one's really interesting. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. It's so hard. There's so many for you. David, you're fascinating. So I, um, d don't let your head get too big with this, but um, you're a fascinating dude, and we all want to know what's in there. Okay, can David, and I'm all out of order because everyone wants to know so many things, but there is no time to put this in order. So I think we'll get, I think we'll get to the bottom of you just by reading these questions. Uh, can David imagine, this is amazing. Can David imagine himself being one of the rioters? This is like a capital rioter. Would he have believed the stop the steal lie? Um, yes, um, I, I can answer that a couple of uh, ways. Um, sometimes I would go back and reflect on some of my older tweets four years ago. Uh, one of them I actually did was, you know, I actually tweeted out saying that Trump, or you know, there were, there were ballots that were being dumped, you know, that were for Trump. Um, I actually tweeted that uh, in 2016. So yeah, I I wouldn't believe the election was stolen and um and you would have rioted. Well, well um, I'm not. I I also did another tweet where I had an altercation with um, Bank Alaska, who, as we just saw in the news, was arrested today. Um, in around 2017, we first had an interaction, which was sort of bad because you know me being Jewish and he was. Uh, a white, you know, he was already known sort of a white supremacist. And, we, you know, he, we, he did some anti-Semitic stuff. I said, you know, I called him names. And somehow we both came to the realization that we both supported Trump. And then he sort of told me, like, what his concerns were. And I was like, and I told him what my concerns were. And, you know, I guess because of Trump, and we saw the bigger threats of, um, Democrats, liberals, um, Muslims, you know, all, you know, all those different marginalized groups, that we actually put our differences aside. Um, and, you know, that he's, you know, not saying I'm Jewish, you know, for Trump, for the American way. And I actually tweeted, I'm tweeting, and if you want to go to my page right now, because I was on another show and I talked about this more, that um, where I actually said that I stand with Bank Alaska, and there's a civil war coming. And this was back in 2017. Wow. So, so I, yes, so, you would have you would have been a yeah. writer. Yeah, so it's, so yeah, this last week has definitely been, like, really, like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I know you know how to put it, put it in words, you know, exactly how I'm processing all this, but. You know yeah, the I, people. You actually know, for us, this is, like, the first time We've seen any of these characters. I mean, and I would have to say it's a character. If you're wearing horns and fur, that's that's an outfit. That's like a character outfit. So that's the character. So you're you're saying you knew these characters. You knew the, these people. People that we're just learning these names. And the old keepers, you know. Yeah, those keepers. Veterans, I knew them. I, you know, in fact, you know, after paying the last night, worked things out. He actually got me on. Uh, Gavin McGinnis' show, 
Um, I've been an assignment for him um, back in 2017. What would so, you yeah, say? It's... What'd you say? By the way, this question's from um, Ron Morans with A's. So it's at Morans, M-A-R-A-N-S, um, Ron. Hey, so he's the one that asked a question, which is like an amazing question because I, I, I actually didn't even think of it. Um, but, but so what, what would you say on that show then? You're asked on a show. What did you say? Um, well, I, I, I defended Trump uh, against the claims that he was like Hitler. I said, oh, that's you know, that's using the anti-Semitic card. He is nothing like Hitler. You know, and so sort of like, in a way, I guess it was sort of a slap against, you know, American Jews and their concerns of who Trump was. And I guess I was, I guess in a way I was a sort of a nerd talking Jewish guy, <laughs> the more I think about it now. Um, but yeah, I was sort of like, you know, yelling at other people saying, no, Trump is definitely not like Hitler. It is wrong to call him that. And, you know, I trashed the ADL, um, uh, you know who they are? Yeah. Uh, no, the who? The ADL. ADL, no. I know the Oath Keepers. I don't know ADL. Well, they they are a Jewish group that sort of um, gone after anti-Semitism. And, and I said that they were, you know, abusing the anti-Semitic card uh, by calling Trump Hitler. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I didn't know. And so so that's what that's what I said on on his show. Um, and I, I probably can find it. I, I, I know I have a copy of the link there. I can, I can send it to you if you want. To so you, I know, but I think that's the fascinating thing about it. You haven't taken down the tweets, and I've seen no. before that people bring up where you're, you're saying this stuff, and you own it. You own yeah. it. You're, you're like, yeah, I, I wrote that. You're not deleting I, anything that you said. Yeah, I guess I kind of, in a way, that sort of, you know, remind me of who I was and who I am now, and also sort of, you know, saying, you know. It also gives credit to to my story, because I mean I know there's a lot of people that doubt it. I know there's been people that try to disprove it. Um, so that's why I leave my stuff up there, you know, to own what I said, to show people who I was, to who I am now, and and to show that yeah, this is credible. You know, I am who I say I am. Yeah, well, because especially now, now everyone's so skeptical, and with the um, fake media, which was a term Hillary, cre- I think Hillary was the first. I did an interview. Uh, Ruben Navarrete is a um, longtime journalist. He said Hillary actually created the term fake news, um, and Trump has run with it. And so it's so hard because everything's fake. You know, if you think everything's fake, it's it's a really hard world to live in when you don't believe anything's real. You know, it's right. it's like it's so sad, right? You're like I'm I'm telling you the truth, but. Um, you know, it's like, how else do you convince people? Uh, Ron Morans also asked you, um, which this is amazing. He, he asked, um, it must be terribly hurtful when right-wing trolls come after him, you, and even his family. Why does David think they do that? And what does he think his attackers get out of spending their time attacking him personally instead of just debating issues with him? Oh yeah, I I definitely get um, a lot of uh, personal attacks, yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, because MAGA is very cult-like, and if one person leaves that cult, they are afraid that it would um, open the eyes of other MAGAs, and you know these people, you know, so I have I have a few of stalkers that would actually try to 
know, use my personal situation, you know, trying to silence me and saying, oh, he's lying, he's this kind of person, in a way to intimidate me from speaking out. So I think they're afraid that, you know, I would let, you know, convince more people that support, you know, to see who Trump really is. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, I'm really grateful for a lot of the contacts that I made in this journey that, that have been very, very supportive. And, you know, that's what kind of gave me the strength to continue to speak out. And I pretty much got to a point where all the trolling is just white noise um, that, you know, I just, I don't even let it bother me because you just want the reaction. Um, and so I just ignore it, you know. Yeah. I, I know I, I know I am. And that's, I think that's another reason why I am transparent as possible because I know people... Uh, you know, can be skeptical. You know, you know, especially if they, especially if they just see me for the first time on Twitter, in our interaction, like who is this guy? Yeah. You know, that's another reason why I'm. You know, I try to be open as transparent as much as possible to show, like, hey, you know, I'm. You know, this is real. I, I'm being genuine as possibly can. And you know, I have no problem telling people about my flaws, and you know, I. And so that's why I do that. And, you know, and I think that's and I think that's why they do it. No, they don't want people to leave their movement. Yeah, I guess so. I guess well, you you know your truth, and if you weren't telling the truth, it's really easy to throw you off. If if they do challenge you a little bit, and that's not your truth, I bet it would just throw you off. Definitely. Right, like if you weren't who you are and who you say you are, then a couple of times you probably would have given up. But I think you're committed to to this you're committed to this change and who you are right yes yeah because i am i actually was talking to a friend yesterday and uh, i I said it's so interesting that people um who i knew uh who are in politics before trump was elected uh they were laughing at him and i said but if he wins are you going to support him and um these are people in the Senate and Congress and they, they giggled and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's the Republican president. Yeah. I'll have to support him, but what a joke. And I was, and now you're seeing the consequences of those who didn't live their own truth. And it's all kind of crumbling down almost like Rudy Giuliani's not getting paid. He submitted a bill and he's not getting paid for that's, you know, I read that in the papers. It's kind of like, um, how sad he did all this work and he's not even getting paid for it. So yeah, it's like they're crumbling. I mean, and GOP itself is sort of like imploding. Right. So if Rudy Giuliani had any doubts and that wasn't his truth and he had any doubts and he's like, well, at least I'm getting paid, you know, $20,000 a day. Wow. He, he didn't get paid the $20,000 a day. So what a super bummer that like, you know, um, it, at the end, no, it, no one's really winning. It seems like, um, that, that, that isn't committed to believing what they believe in, I guess. I, um, like you're still comfortable, but Rudy Giuliani is kind of upset probably because he can't collect that, you know, his, his fee, um, is his job. Okay. Uh, this one is Gail Sinatra and she says, okay, to use her name. And she wanted to know how can we help others? Um, who are still like he was, you, David was, to move towards how he is now. So how does she, I guess, talk to others uh, well, that are MAGA? And, and how do, is that possible? 
it's possible, and it, and and that's why I try to do what I do on there. It's like give you guys the insights of what I was feeling, and and I understand that not everybody wants unity, and especially after seeing that Capitol Capitol Hill riot, you know, I can I definitely can see why people are hesitant to talk to other Trump supporters, but the ones are the ones who do. Um, well, part of the conversation that I had with Sarah Silverman on Twitter with our engagements. Um, one, she she replied kindly, um, even when I was trolling her. Uh, you were trolling chat. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. I was going to ask and, about that. That's how you met her? You were trolling her? Correct. I was trolling her, and she responded kindly. And um, we, had, we pretty much uh, got into a discussion about Trump. And I was thinking, you know, she's Jewish. I'm Jewish. Trump is pro-Israel. Why doesn't she like Trump? What's her problem? So, you know, I asked her that. And then she actually asked me why I like Trump. So this Hollywood elitist, uh, part of this cabal, is asking me why I like Trump. Um, cool. So that's sort of like how I got my, like, oh, okay, you're here, here's my chance. And so I told her why I did. Um, and then, you know, we got more discussions and I started asking her, like, why do the world's women the crazy things they do? Why do... Why do liberals care more about, you know, quote-unquote illegal aliens over the military, as I called them back then, uh, that, um, which I don't call them that now? And, and why do liberals care? Why do they want to take away our guns? You know, the different talking points that I believe, you know, over the years from conservative media. And she debunked it. You know, everybody knows how far left she is. Uh, and she said, like, no, I don't want to take your guns. And that sort of, like, blew me away, like, seriously you know <laughs> uh, and you know she told me like how um how you know you can't actually care about immigrants and the military and learn about how democrats have cared about the military you know there was a democrat that created in gi bill the program that i'm using right now um that, and they told me about sinking asylum laws which conservative media never really talks about uh, I mean, you, know, you hear them talk about sanctuary cities and how it's unconstitutional, uh, different things like that. But no, they're, they're actually human right uh, laws that would, that protects um, uh, immigrants. And you know, and, and the thing about it is, when I spoke with her, when I spoke with other people uh, throughout my journey, is that they did not try to stop me supporting Trump. They did not try stopping me. They didn't try to convert me to be a liberal Democrat. And, you know, when I, I was still learning about systemic racism, but I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm a veteran. I might not agree with Kaepernick kneeling for the flag or kneeling, you know, but it's free speech and he has a right. So I did a little piece there, and Sarah actually quoted, you know, saying, hey, I, how I also like, how I love Trump. Well, you know, talking about how, you know, we pretty much, can, you know, want the same things. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't remember. Yeah. Her and, and, and a lot of these conversations are still on Twitter. You know, people were So this is out in the there. open with Sarah yeah, Silverman on Twitter. Yeah. And so people can see some of the dialogue on there. And I, and I did a thread well, uh, about my journey of where I was and why I'm leaving now. But um, so she, she appreciated how I dialogued with her. And that really, really just dropped my wall down 
where I got to a place where I can talk to liberals, talk to Democrats without any pressure of becoming a Democrat, without any pressure of stopping my support from Trump. And I just learned and learned and learned and learned. So basically, my, basically my journey, how it is like I left the Republican Party, I left MAGA, I'm realizing my views were wrong. I saw Trump's con. I stopped supporting Trump. And what really did it, what really put the nail in the coffin was when the Helsinki meeting. Because I was, I was like, I was realizing like, this is not who I voted for. You know, you know the con part. And I started the end where i not liking him, thinking about stopping supporting him. But when I, I saw the Helsinki meeting with him and Putin, I'm thinking, what kind of world leader or what kind of president would uh, have made himself vulnerable to someone like Putin as their adversary in a closed door meeting, you know, having the Russians recording him without any backup, without any safety net, without any um, insurance from our team, you know, from our country that he would be protected. I mean, to this day, do we really know exactly what was said in that meeting? And that that's sort of like what confirmed to me that I made the right thing. Like, that's why I really started speaking out. And I saw I saw this clip of Hillary Clinton in debate with Trump, where she talked about that. She warned us about that. And my mouth just dropped. I'm like, holy crap, she warned us about who he was. He warned. And I actually did a thread apologizing to her because I, you know, I never gave her the time of day and helping spread the lies about her. I mean, I didn't know there were lies, but st- you know, still, you know, I still apologize because I learned, you know, through this journey, I learned about President Obama and Hillary Clinton who they really are compared to what I was being told. It, it, it is, I mean, it was like a lot of information. This big, best way I can describe this is like you know, in the Matrix, where um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know. How you learn to come through, like, like overwhelming, fast, a lot of information. It was like, whoa. And then that's what sort of like was for me when I started learning about everything. Because, you know, when a lot of this stuff was being proven wrong, I just began asking questions about different things, different people, and learning, you know, learning more and learning more and learning more, you know. So, you know, learning all, all kinds of stuff. You know, John Kerry, you know, I, I used to consider him a trainer. And I learned that he actually served in Vietnam. He actually was a decorated war hero. Yes. I was like, and he's not a traitor. No. I mean, no. He's a war hero. He has the right, right to, and, he, and you know what? He's American. He has the right to say this war is unjust. Why is he a traitor? You know, learn about President Obama and things that Hillary Clinton did for New York, you know, as a first responder. Uh, you know, taking care of the first responders, you know, in 9-11. It's like, why wasn't this on Fox News? Why didn't Sean Hannity talk about this? No, he talked about the stupid emails. And, you know, so, so many different things. And, and yeah, and the Helsinki and seeing what she said, I, I just I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was, I was shocked. I was really, really shocked. And from then on, I really started speaking out. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm no longer a supporter. And I, that's when I really began. You know, uh, on you know, you know, trying to get other people not to support him and showing people that hey, it's possible that people can turn away from that. So, so, uh, so, poor Gail Sinatra asked you, how can you get others to uh, change or um, kind of uh, help them like you? But it would take a, uh, the red pill from Sarah Silverman, is you know, it would take a Matrix level Sarah Silverman with the red pill, um, being oh. Morpheus at this point, uh, kind of. I think. I 
think when it comes down to like real life conversations, like outside of Twitter, yeah, it's just to accept them for who they are. Uh, don't expect to change them. Don't expect to stopping, you know, convert them. Just have conversations with them. You know, being empathetic, trying to understand why they would feel this way, and I think that would come a long way in possibly deprogramming programming them. Deprogramming. That's like a that's like a deep deep uh, way to look at it. Um, Princess Engineer has a question that's very similar. How do we get? And I I think we got a few questions like this for you um, because I think everyone kind of misses happiness and good old days with their families. How do we get through to? Uh, how do we get through to family members? Was her question for you? I think, um, she, yeah, this is a big one. I think, yeah, I mean, just basically what I was saying, um, just acceptance for your family member. Love them for who they are. Don't try to change them. Um, just, you know, and being patient. Uh, and um, show them facts, you know, the actual concrete facts, and, and encourage people. See, where does he prove? You know, that's one of the things I never really did as a conservative. I never, you know, I never asked for proof on things. I just believed them. I just took their word for it. So encourage your loved one to ask for proof, ask for actual hardcore evidence. You know, look at, read the rules. Um, you know, and, and just like the Constitution, and we talk about free speech here lately. You know, the Constitution is clear on what free speech is and what is not free speech is. You know, read, don't go by a pundit's word for it. And, in that, and this really goes to any pundit, whether you're right-wing or left-wing. Um, go with the source. Go with the, you know, like when Trump violated the Constitution, you know, the first time. Go read the Constitution and what it says. Don't take a pundit's word for it. Go in the Constitution itself. Go read the, his transcripts, the phone call, and then you can clearly see that he violated a, a constitution. But a lot of people don't, you know that. Like uh, in, in, in journalism, I was taught early, early on um, when I wrote for the Sun Sentinel in Orlando um, a long time ago, before, the, before I was with the Washington Post, I was told by editors um, the majority of people read the first two paragraphs of most newspaper stories. If you're lucky, they will flip to the ending. They'll go further. So most, and, that, and this, is, this is years ago, and this is the average person looking for information, and they only read the first two paragraphs. So to ask people to, de to look deeper is, um, I, you know, as a journalist, in my profession, we never... We never thought they would even read to the end, so you're you're just kind of unique, I think, because uh, you're not even a typical reader. You're not even a typical newspaper reader. Um, no. Yeah, you, you you're the one you're the one who reads to the end. Oh yeah, I mean now I do. I I definitely read the whole the whole article because I think the whole thing is important, especially you know yeah. when they have the facts and you know in there, and I think it's important to read the whole article and go to the source. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, go to the constitution, go to the transcripts and go read the Mueller report itself. You know, think people's word for it. And you can clearly see like how, um, you know, you can clearly see things. If you want to take away the commentary, you just you know, read the stuff yourself. And, yeah. You know, like, 
and, they, and that's what they needed. They need encourage their family members to question, you know, question it, ask, is this true? Where is the evidence? And, you know, that, that might come a long way. That's, that's, that's amazing advice. And it's really, um, I think that's kind of a hard one. Because uh, as, as writers, you always want everyone to reach to the end. And um, that was a hard uh, truth for me to realize that I, uh, my first two paragraphs better better be really good so I can get them to the third and the fourth and the fifth. Um, so so you've always been the kind of person to read to the end. So this, this transformation makes sense. Like this makes sense now. You're making sense to me how you... I didn't understand how you got to where you are, but now it makes sense. Um, this is who you are. Okay, you ready? Um, J-Dub-11, uh, she actually is sweet. Uh, well, it could be he, but I think it's a she. Um, said that we, uh, this, has, this made her day just by, you know, being part of this conversation. J-Dub-1110 uh, said, wondering about his take on Trumpism in the military. Will the new military leadership have tools and methods to root out the true believers? And if so, will they perform an eternal house cleaning? It, does that make sense to you, that question? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I learned a lot about how there's actually like sort of white nationalism in the military. Um, a few colleagues, uh, then I associates um, on Twitter, uh, Chris Sampson and uh, Malcolm Nance. Uh, they do very good reporting and that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, there's clear sort of systemic racism in the military. And I and I think um, I'm hoping that we do get leadership to root it out. Uh, you know, just like how we try to do it in police force. There, uh, I guess some of the supremacists are called bungalows. I don't know if I'm saying it right. No, I don't know. I actually uh, don't know. But uh, they, they, those are people that I recommend people to follow as well on Twitter that they do a good job reporting on the military part of Trumpism. And, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with their perception of what, uh, patriotism is thinking that kneeling for a flag uh carrying all kinds of guns without any regulation behind it you know different things like that not actual true patriotism where it's like you're defending people's rights defending the constitution um so a lot of it's perception a lot of it's worldview but you know i think it's possible to change people you think it's and, possible and, uh, oh yeah and, and if you can't change them then the military you're not supposed to have racism in it to begin with so if it's clear racism and, and they don't want to improve themselves you know they can always be you know chaptered out or you know court-martialed out you know you know have punitive actions for racism it's, because technically you're not supposed to be there's not supposed to be racism in the military wow um okay uh this is from uh Lou, it's at uh, Lou Reads, and um, this is uh, this is sweet. I just saw the last line. This is sweet. Uh, it says, as a Jew, too, I'm interested in how he was able to justify, ignore the anti-Semitism of the right. How is he able to break away from the fact, uh, from a fact-denying party? What methods of engagement opened his eyes to the cognitive uh, dissonance? of ultra-conservatism, and then 
proud of you, David. That was the last uh, with two hearts. So, oh, oh, thank I you. <laughs> yeah, I think you you kind of um, answered that, but I, I guess he's surprised that. Uh, uh, but you said because you believe Trump uh, loved Israel more than the Democrats, right? Yep, that was the big a lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot of it was what about isms, um, you know, and you know, being a Republican conservative Jew. You're led to believe that the Democrats are very anti-Semitic because they criticize Israel. And, you know, and, and when you think about it, Israel firsters are sort of like, uh, sort of like cultish, like bag like where Trump can do no wrong, Israel can do no wrong. But when you, so, you know, I, um, you know, when I, how, how I learned about a lot of the Republican stuff was wrong. That then sort of influenced my beliefs on Israel too and seeing how, Black people were persecuted in America. I was able to see how Palestinians were persecuted in Israel. And you know what? A gover- any government shouldn't be able to be criticized, you know, of their wrongdoings. And you know, you, you, know, you see the you know, flaws of Netanyahu, not so much different than Trump. So, um, well. you know, so I, so my, so my views of Israel has changed as well through this process and. And you know what? Jews in America, you know, when you talk about Jewish America, it's not always about Israel. And and I think the right, the right, had, you know, thinking that it always goes back to Israel is sort of like an anti-Semitic trope in its own right. And I, when I, when I dialogue with Jews in America, liberal Jews, is, you know, say, hey, we're American first. You know, what's going on here matters. And it's not always just about what's going on in Israel. And I'm like, you know what? That sort of makes sense. You know, he should have, you know, Trump should have easily condemned the Nazis in Charlottesville. Trump should have easily condemned anti-Semitism in Pittsburgh. You know, so yeah. Jewish, so anti-Semitism in America should not always go back to Israel. And um, that's, that's deep-rooted. I have to believe that you were brought up, uh, that had to be discussed in your house. I mean, oh, yeah. that's cultural. That that goes. That's a family core. So that's amazing that you shifted in that point of view as well. Because that one's, uh, you know, that uh, all, anyone can relate to that. Anyone can relate to being brought up uh, with a with a religion and then having to question it at some time. That uh, that's. David, how long was your transformation? Like, how long did it take you from uh, Sarah Silverman giving you that red pill to, uh, like, was it a year, two years? That you... Yeah, about a, about a year. It was like, I mean, I'm saying shy of a year. It started like around October 2017 and now in the coffin around July 2018. Wow. Like June, June, July ish. Uh, like, whenever the Helsinki meeting was. That's when. I mean, and that was just for Trump, and I, I didn't become a Democrat myself until 2019. Wow. When I, when I officially registered. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so oh, this is, it's so funny. It's like a similar question. This is uh, Drudge998, it's uh, Gaming Drudge, said, ask what was his moment of clarity when the fog lifted and when he saw the lies for what they were and how they made him feel going forward. Uh, please and thank you. And I think you definitely answered that. The, the yeah. Helsinki moment was uh, 
um, and the year of questioning. One question started, it sounds like a lot of them just kept coming. <laughs> yes, and I, I think I think that's the first time I, I was asked how I felt about it. Um, I felt like I sort of felt like a sense of betrayal. I mean, realizing that I've been lied to, um, you know, for many, many years by right-wing media, by, um, you know, being lied to about, you know, Democrats, liberal values, um, Trump. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very upsetting, very... Um, really disappointed, you know, a lot of different feelings. I mean, I mean, yeah, this journey was definitely a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. But you're and so that's... devoted to it, which is amazing. Cause I, I follow you on, um, on Twitter, and it's like, um, uh, like I'm not afraid to admit, like I do, I, I, I just, um, I, I wake up to it, I go to sleep to it because I was just trained that way for the last five years as a journalist. Uh, when you're asked to do a story, everything changes if the president tweeted all night. We we had to walk in and our entire, everything that we prepared for was completely shifted. So I, I actually have to untrain myself, I think, to live, you know, wake up and go to sleep to it. Just because now I don't think Biden's going to do that. Uh, the Obama administration didn't. So uh, even at Fox, a lot of us, the first few weeks that tr uh, Trump was, uh, was in office, we were confused. Um, this is like a little inside secret at Fox. Uh, we're the anchors, and we kind of said, uh, do, we, do we report on this? Um, or do we stick? You're like, he just criticized Arnold Schwarzenegger about the ratings for Apprentice. And we were confused. Like, he's the president. He tweeted it. Uh, it's on the, you like, you know, it's out there officially as the president. Do we, do we report on it? Do we bump the story about like the Middle East about for the apprentice? Like it was very confusing for journalists, like the news cycle for us with Obama. And, um, this is, this is from normal. This is from, well, it's from Fox. Our news cycle was a week with Obama. If something was said on a Monday, we could analyze, learn, debate, whatever, till Friday on that particular topic. Uh, with Trump, the news cycle was hourly. So as a journalist, oh, if we wow. didn't know what a China tariff was by 9 in the morning, we had to know everything about a China tariff by 2 o'clock p.m. Like how? Yeah, everything. Everything about a China tariff. So uh, the, the history of it, everything. So it, it really uh, made us all work a lot harder as journalists because uh, the news cycle. So when people talk about news cycles and they criticize the media and sometimes the media gets it wrong. It's because it's faster. It, we went, you know, we went from an, a week to learn something or, or freshen up to maybe three minutes. Um, one time I was going to go on Cavuto. We had a panel of four and they had to announce the topic has been changed um, and I don't remember what the topic was, but they mentioned the topic and the three other people at the table had to leave. And I did a one-on-one -on -one with Cavuto because I was actually the only one who happened to know that topic that day that the president had just tweeted on five minutes earlier. So it wasn't supposed to be a one-on-one, -on -one, but there we were, uh, because it happened so quickly and you, you, you couldn't have people discussing something they weren't aware of, um, you know, it just so happened maybe in my um, other uh, reporting gigs, I had just covered it, so I had, I had known the subject inside out. But 
Yeah. So it was hard, you know, so people don't understand the confusion we all had to go through too at the beginning um, with Twitter. Uh, so it's kind of, I, I'm going to have to try to unlearn. Um, I'm not nervous anymore. I was, used to be really scared that I'm missing something and he's been off and I've kind of, I've kind of missed him because I've been used to waking up and going to sleep with him. Uh, you know, not, you know what I mean? It, you yeah. know, on, on Twitter, okay. like, okay, before yeah. I go to bed, what's, you know, what's the last tweet of the night? And then when yeah, I wake you, up, you're not the only one. I mean, people are, people are concerned about, you know, what is he thinking now? He's not tweeting about it. So, yeah. so yeah, you're not, you're not alone in your you know, feelings when it comes to that. Yeah. And I'm not about, and I've made jokes about censorship. I'm not for censorship. That's kind of the joke. It's not like, I'd like to know what people are thinking. And we, we you know, it, it, I, I, I kind of miss knowing what he's thinking. Where is he? What's he up to? What's he watching? Um, because it was news. It was, we concluded actually that everything he did tweet was news. And that's just the, the way that it was handled. To go, you know. Um, so, okay. Sorry. So the next, um, uh, this is in- interesting. Heather asked, Vegas mom, four boys, she asked you, what can we do to convince these folks they are being diluted and used? They're being used by swindlers and grifters. Do you believe? Do you believe people are being used? Oh, yeah. They're definitely being used. Um, you believe you were used? Oh, yeah. I, I, I see that clearly I was being used. And, you know, these people want to stay in power, you know, just like Trump's enablers, like Ted Cruz and... Uh, Holly and you know these other guys that just continue to kind of. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with they want to stay in power because they share their same base as Trump. Um, I mean, I used to look up to some of these people as a Republican, and uh, thought, you know they really knew the Constitution. You know they they were experts. You know they and to realize that it's all political, all lies. And you know if they really believe in what they believe in, they wouldn't have to lie about it. They want another deceive people. So I definitely believe that they're being used. And yeah, to wake them up, I guess you just gotta be patient. Um, continue to show facts without no, don't have don't have expectations that they would change. Yeah. You know, just I think just having dialogue and acceptance conversation to show the facts and like I said before, encourage people encourage them to question it. You know, I think that's the big thing. If we get them to question things, they might realize, like, well, wait a minute, you know. And I think that's what led me to where I am. Is I started to question things. But it hurts. It hurts to feel used. I mean, it's hurt to come. Oh, no. no one wants to come to that realization. I don't think that's. I don't think that would be a, a fun realization for anyone at any time. Any part. Any party using anybody that that would hurt. So. Um, okay, patience. Um, I believe I think you're really helping because these are really um, heartfelt questions. Okay, uh, this one we know you answered, but I'm still going to mention uh, Callie Girl. She says radical, lefty, and proud. She's asking you uh, what led him, you, to the truth, and that's what you're saying. You you yeah. read, you looked up. Um, oddly, Sarah Silverman, which is great. I love that Sarah Silverman out of nowhere is part of your transformation. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of a fun fact. Um, 
Okay, this one, this one, right? I mean, this is super fun knowing about you. Okay, and I've always wanted to know everything about you, by the way, um, since I discovered you. Okay, uh, this is from John Brandmore. Um, he's at Funny Man BC. He, he's asking, okay, the number one question on my mind, what was the final straw? What led you to walk away from the movement that you had been part of? And I think we already know why you walked away, but it is fascinating you were part of this movement. Do you, so do you have any regrets or remorse that you promoted this? You may have brought more people to something that now you don't believe in. Um, I, I have mixed emotions. Um, there are times where I do feel regret. Uh, and there are times that, you know, if that happened, I want to be who I am today. Like sort of like everything happens for a reason. So, um, I think just during this different times where I'm feeling differently about it, um, to be honest about that, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, okay. This is, this person did not want to be, he didn't want his name out, um, obviously, because, you know, it's Twitter. So, uh, he could be anonymous if he wants to, right? Uh, he wants to know, ask him who's boots he will lick tomorrow so um this is twitter so but he felt passionate enough to print this out and um tag hillary clinton on this one so she's somewhere right now um relaxing and she's reading this maybe you know i don't know how much uh, she gets on twitter but so ask him what whose books he will lick tomorrow so like do you go to the highest bidder do you go to uh you know, I I'm loyal to the Constitution. Okay. That's my that's my uh, moral compass. Um, and one thing I did learn about the Democratic Party and I how I really admire it is that we will criticize our own if somebody does wrong. And that's something that you don't see out of the Republican Party. Um, so yeah, I I you know if somebody if my one of my favorite people did something wrong. Uh, you know, I would say, hey, that's not right, you know. So it's not necessarily about people. It's about what you believe in, um, what you stand for. And, you know, the Constitution is like my, my thing that I. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we yeah. Um, and, and yeah, being a, the liberal on Fox, I, I did. Um, there are times I couldn't uh, support. Warren, Elizabeth Warren, uh, if she paid women less in her office than men, I didn't support it, you know, so yeah, it, um, I, uh, it's a uh, case by case basis. Sometimes, uh, it's, it's what I've heard someone say, you know, uh, but definitely I, I'm not following a leader and breaking down capital windows and, you know, all that kind of I, stuff. Not, not, some- I'm not the one, you know, supporting election fraud, supporting capital riots, you know. <laughs> no, um, that that boot will not be licked. This is the same yeah. thing. This is from Al. He's my favorite troll. Uh, Tempest, 1966. He, um, he's, uh, uh, I think, a Fox viewer. I don't know if he's not watching right now. A lot of people have said they, they're not watching. They've been writing to me. But um, he said, sounds like an opportunist. So, uh, also, um, poor Hillary Clinton, 
was also tagged on this one. Sounds like an opportunist, but as you said, you'll you'll call out anyone if if it's not true to what you yeah. believe in. I mean, I've been called a lot, a lot of things you know, through this journey. Uh, I'm been called um, terrorist. I've been called a traitor. I've been called uh, almost you know anything you know. So yeah, I mean, I, and I understand that people can be skeptical and you know this and. And you know what? If people want to have a certain opinion about me, that's totally okay. You know, I have no hard feelings. Um, uh, so that's, you know, that's fine. Um, I'm really okay with that. Yes. But, well, well, Ann Coulter actually said it uh, during one of our segments. If you're if you're going to talk about politics, 50% of the people are going to love you and 50% are going to hate you, and that's just the way it is. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so uh, to quote my BFF Ann Coulter, uh, I thought she made a great point. You know, it's just it is the how it is. Okay. So Ginger, I hope uh, I'm so sorry. I asked for 20 minutes, and um, uh, okay. Uh, sorry that you're so popular, and we all want to know you so well. It's your uh, fault. So this I, is- I definitely don't mind answering questions. You know, I'm happy to happen to. I mean, I hope I help too. You know, the questions that are being asked. Yeah. It's uh, and, this, and this. I don't mind is- the hard questions either. No. Well, this is great. I mean, that that these are true, honest questions, um, uh, and really collected over an hour. So, God, I didn't know if it would be okay with you, but when you gave me the okay, I let it out. So, um, okay, this is Jin Jin. So, Jin underscore Jin underscore Q. She wants to know uh, how did you get out from under Trump's hypnosis of whatever his influence is called? And by the way, she said she follows you too. But like she says, like Trump is mesmerizing. It, do, do you think that people find him that way? They find him yeah, like just adorable. I, I mean, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the anger that people have. They, you know, it's like they're like, oh, somebody is like saying what we've been trying to say um, for so many years. You know, so that that part was sort of like you know gets you hooked. You know. And, and I would call it red pill. You know, Trump supporters call it, oh, and they take the red pill and they're a Trump supporter now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, so, some of it was his personality type. You know, and, and like I said, I thought he was a guy being a guy. You know, not, not, a, not a typical politician. Um, you know, and yeah, that seems, that was that's refreshing crazy. to a lot of conservatives. That's crazy because for, for, as a journalist covering politics for a while, when, you know, he said some of those things, I was like, oh, no, he just lost the election. Howard Dean made a funny sound and he lost everything. And Howard Dean was supposed to be, you know, they thought he was going to be the front runner. I, I can't remember what, um, I can't remember who he was running against, but um, Howard Dean made a funny noise and he was so excited and they said it made him seem too human. So it's really weird how politics have come from that. Yeah, Howard Dean was too human and he blew it. And then you've got uh, the, the, the bus, the Access Hollywood bus. Billy Bush lost his job as in the entertainment industry, but the other person became president of the United States, which is so ironic. It's so weird. Um, so this person, uh, it's talk, I think a bad word, um so we'll just say uh talk <laughs> uh he says we need to know how uh, deep how, how to deprogram other mega cult devotees which you've addressed um tara uh, stevenberg 
wrote, uh, you're a real thinker and shares well. Uh, she appreciates you. Oh, thank you. So that, that's sweet. And I think that's, uh, I think I'm getting that out of this too. You're, you're someone who reads to the end of the article. So you are, you are a, a real thinker. You are thinking it through. Um, yes. Which seems to be, seems to be you wanted to. Right? Uh, I guess the desire has to be there, right? You can lead the horse to the water, but if they don't want to drink. Yeah, I think so. I think I think everyone's looking for you to save the day here. But honestly, if they don't want the water, they're not going to drink it. Right. Um, in both cases, I think if anyone wants someone to become a, a MAGA or support Trump, they, someone's going to want it. I, I think it goes both ways, I guess. Um, this is um, this. This is interesting. I thought this one was really interesting. Uh, this this one I love. It comes from giant space ass. Um, this and again, Hillary Clinton is tagged on this, which is great. Um, did he find supporting Trump slash right wing causes as exhausting as it looks from the outside? The lack of internal logic or consistency in their beliefs drives me absolutely nuts. Was it exhausting to keep up? With, uh, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, you see, there's, you see my old Trump picks, how exhausted and... You look tired. <laughs> it was exhausting. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was. I mean, having to defend him every day, having to uh, defend his arguments every day, and the one about is was trying to find something on the left to justify what was going on in the right. And, you know, and I see that now, and, and, and I see the logic. You know, sort of stuff like, I mean, I, I think I tweeted it not so long ago, like a couple of days ago. It was like, I realized, like, was it this easy to always debunk, um, you know, this kind of, you know, right-wing logic? I mean, it, 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 so, it, <laughs> well, it's exhausting just because it's, for me, because it's so often, you know, I might as well uh, have said I was MAGA because I was following as closely as everyone. And it was um, every five minutes. And just when I thought he was talking about China, he would change it to a new topic, China tariffs, and then he would change it to, you know, like um, Hillary Clinton, and then he would change it to Biden. And um, I was like, wait a minute, I'm just learning tariffs, like, I, you know, soy, soybeans. I'm on the soybeans right now, and, and then we would have to f- switch so quickly. I was really, a lot of us were tired um, uh, that followed him. Uh so it's funny that you were tired as someone who wanted to, you know, support him. And I was tired just following him. Um, so uh, hopefully I didn't look as tired as you were in that T-shirt, by the way. You look super tired in your before and after pics. Um, okay, this is interesting. A- Annie Watson Johnson, and tell me at any time that, you, that you're tired. But Annie, these are never ending, by the way. Uh, Annie Watson Johnson wants to know, uh, what was the one thing that drew you to Trump? She doesn't mean promises. What was it he said or did that made you think he speaks for me? She said, I think it's important to sure. understand what his draw was to begin with. Um, his uh, anger towards Democratic Party, um, his view on Islam's and immigration, you know, like what I thought were, um, you know, being a patriot at the time, caring about the safety of the country, 
you know, those were kind of like some of the big ones. Uh, his, you know, his love for Israel, you know, what I thought he cared about Israel. Uh, so those were like, you know, the, the, like the top three things, like security, you know, security of America, economy of America, and Israel were in the top uh, things that you know, drew me to him. Wow. That you know. What about the what about the wall? Because that seems to oh, yeah, for him yeah. that seems yeah, to be the wall. Yeah. He loved the the wall. Seems to be the, this past week. It's promises kept tour, and the wall is the thing that he wanted to focus the most on. Uh, the wall. Did that speak to you as well? The wall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, strengthen immigration. Yeah, the immigration. Yeah. Uh, the that one seems to, I think he thinks that's his legacy the wall which I think they said they had to tear down because it's actually in a wildlife refuge part of it or there's something going on with the wildlife refuge so um, that's I, I think I think there's something wrong with the wall by the way at the moment <laughs> yeah I don't think I'm not thinking ever got built like, like oh. right no I think they actually like um, actually had to fix what was already fit what was already <laughs> there so the money went to fix what was already there and then uh, they're not allowed to like put it on a wildlife refuge and then some of it's private property you can't build on anyway. So like when you really look into it, it's, it's kind of like it, it couldn't have happened anyway. It's like, um, not really possible. Um, okay. This one is no question. And, the, uh, she said she wants to be pronounced, um, scrap. Hold on. I have to say it properly. Scrappy Z. She wants me to pronounce it uh, perfectly for you. Crap. Scrappy Z. Okay. Scrappy Z wants you to know there is no question, just a large and loud thank you for being open to the conversation that opened his eyes and for all the help and support he's given to moving through this madness. So kind of you've been there for a lot, a lot of people, even I got to say me, I love seeing your, your tweets come through because I learn a lot. Um, something I might've missed during the day or anything. It's, it's it, So you've gotten a lot of people through. Um, through the year, kind of like the comedians, like all these comedians out there from Georgia being funny about their accents and trying to make light of the situation. So Scrappy Z wants you to know thank you for, for doing what you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, you're welcome. She, she, she better listen. I'm going to tell her to listen. I'm going to post, so she better listen. Uh, it's um, Okay, this one, obvious question. Uh, this is from AM, AMW, uh, Arnie McWayne. Says, obvious question, how did he get drawn into the propaganda? But this one's more specific. Fox, uh, village slash family echo chamber. So was it Fox, family, friends? What? Um, which one did it? Uh, Hannity. He was a person. Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, uh, eventually Fox and Friends. Um, wow. So the shows. The shows did Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Um, okay, this one, this one's a loaded question. This one believes that, um, uh, uh, this is a self-righteous liberal, which, uh, is, is, is cute, uh, activated Canadian. So they're, they actually may be living in Canada for all we know. Does Mr. Weissman experience that big, heavy sigh of relief when he thinks about having moved to the right side of history? So we're making the assumption here. You're, you're on the right side of history, by the way, which only history can tell. But um, I love that Activated Canadian wants you to know you're on the right side of history. So are you are you patting yourself on the back? Are you relieved? Oh, yeah. Um, believe me. Uh, ever since my eyes have been open and seen how Trump 
violating the Constitution, the way he's handled the pandemic, the riots, you know, one thing after another. Um, it's definitely been a huge sigh of relief um, that I, you know, that I, and my eyes have been opened and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been huge and it's been an amazing journey, you know, and so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're alone. I think um, the day of the the day after the Capitol, I had a longtime Trump supporter, friend of mine, who said, uh, "That's it." It, it. Just out of nowhere, I got a, a, a text. That's it. I'm done. That's it. No more. No more. I never want to mention his name. I don't want to talk about it. Don't ever bring up politics with me. I'm done. I I, I only want to talk about movies and music. So like, she's done completely with. Um, anything politics. <laughs> she doesn't like. She's not even switching parties. She just doesn't want to hear a word about anything. So it, it was a day after the Capitol riots that just was. She was a, a full Trump supporter until that moment, um, and went on the record and everything with it. Um, you know, she's 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 well known. You you know her. Everyone kind of knows her. And that was her tweet in the morning. Uh, not her tweet. Her text in the morning to me. I'm done. Uh, okay, Randy's being a jerk, um, which I'm sure he'll appreciate that I've said this. Uh, he said, question, when did you realize that you were a schizophrenic? Okay, Randy, haha. But we got to give him the mention so everyone knows. Um, you got his attention anyway. And again, Hillary Clinton is tagged on that one. So she's probably like, what did I do today? Um, oh, by the way, uh, old seahorse, uh, Jeff Lee, and then he has a bunch of numbers, 174953888, says, excellent grab. He's so excited to hear you on the podcast. So he's so excited that, um, I know, right? Like I got my people to talk to your people and I was able to get you today. Like, um, huge crap. So super honored. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, Seahorse is very happy that you said yes to me today. And thank you, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause I asked for 20 minutes and now it's going to be like 20 hours and you're going to kill me and never talk to me again, but it was worth it. <laughs> this was worth it, David. Um, so again, a question, Daniel. This one has been answered. Uh, Paulici, um, it, that's his handle as well. Uh, how can we do? Uh, what can we do to help um, those who have and continue to be hoodwinked by the big lie, which is what you said? Patience. You've, yeah. you've uh, gosh. patience. No uh, expectations. Wow, this is um, uh, this is this is amazing. It's uh, uh, I think we've reached the end of it but this is uh this is amazing these were all um questions for you and they were so similar they were so they were so similar they really i guess care about relationships again with their friends and family so so you uh this served as a way um i guess as, as for you to unite uh, and people kind of made fun of Biden because he keeps saying to unite. But every question was asking you how to kind of talk to their friends and family yeah. and make everything okay again. I think, I mean, I think there is, you know, people do want to unite with their loved ones, even though they don't want to unite with Biden. But, you know, the actual bad guys, you know, because I think people are able to tell that there's been people that have been brainwashed and, they're the ones who know exactly what they're doing. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a divided time, that's for sure. It, uh, and I, I hope that I'm able to help and, you know, their families and friends and, you know, from what I gave, you know, the answers to their questions. 
I think so. I think you are one of the most trustworthy people. And I think that's why you have such a big um, following. I think that's why so many of us have been drawn to you because you're so honest. And um, you had, uh, so 461 likes <laughs> uh, in, in uh, two hours just um, for, for doing the podcast, which um, our Kim Kardashian numbers when she comes out with a new outfit or purse, but that's really a lot of people um, wanting to know how someone made it from the Tea Party MAGA to having Hillary Clinton follow him. How did that happen? Um, I, I know, I'm kind of shocked, really. Um, <laughs> last thing I did, I, I, I did write a column um, hoping that uh, uh, Trump Biden would actually offer Hillary Clinton a job. And I, and I, and I know, you know, like a trans, you know, put in a transition team or not uh, in the administration somehow because of how she was robbed. Uh, in 2016, and the way she was treated, and I, I know I got some, you know, some, you know, disagreements, and, there, and I think that might have happened because that's what had happened afterwards. And I'm still very, very shocked about it because I definitely did not expect that to happen. Um, and it's a huge, huge honor um, that she did that, but she didn't have to. Yeah, that's. Uh, we're all like, what? Yeah, uh, I'm still like. Where was it? Where's it written? So where can we see your columns and your um? Uh, where can we read that one? Like where? Where can we find your on, stuff? On, on Demcast. Okay, it's so a Demcast, and then you're also with um, Project Lincoln, mm -hmm. steering committee member. What does a Florida steering committee member mean? What do you do? Uh, um. Well, we, we do messaging. Um. Well, it was, it was created for the election. I did a lot of stuff with them. Lincoln Project on, you know, with the election, um, and that's how we got together, and we, we had a certain messaging for Florida voters and about Joe Biden, and and I, and I know, I know there's a lot of misconception about the Lincoln Project. You know, they actually, you know, they're, they are conservatives, but and they're also Democrats. There's actually a lot of Democrats on the team, so it's a mixture of parties, mixture of people um, who basically want their country back. You know. How, from where it came, you know, from Trump's presidency, and you know, and you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very good group. I think they played I mean, a big role. Yeah, because I'm sorry, the Twitter handles at Project Lincoln, so it's the Lincoln Project, but it's at Project Lincoln. Um, yeah, yeah, that is confusing. If people, I mean, a lot of people have called it Project Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, because um, that's how we follow it. But it's 2.7 yeah. million um, followers, and they they had a lot to do. I think with uh, yeah. what's going on. Okay, so of course, to follow you um, at David Wiseman. Um, oh, at David M. Wiseman. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, David M. Wiseman. You're right, you know, when I looked you up, there were so, there was a few other people. Did you graduate from Florida State? Um, I, I'm going to Florida State, not from Florida State right now. That, that's that's all okay. I went to Florida State and I saw David Wiseman, Florida State, and um, uh, there there were a few others with your name, so I was gonna give you a good Golnols, but I didn't want to insult you if you went to uh, if you're a Gator, um, you know, no, Eastern Eastern Florida State, uh, not not the Gator. <laughs> but yeah, right. No, 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 not the Gators. No, University of Florida. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm definitely Golnols, Florida State. So thank you, gosh, thank you so much 
for your time and thank you for staying. Are you think? Do you think you're going to be active in these next uh, four years? You think? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not stopping anytime soon. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'm going to be very active. What What do you tell the people? Um, I've been getting a lot of uh, tweets. What do you tell the people right now that still are pushing for um, Trump? Are still pushing for the stop the steal? I've gotten tweets today for people saying stop the steal. Um, that you know that there's a green. Um, um, what would I say to Trump supporters? Well, there's that. Um, we've got uh, Mar- What is it? Uh, Marjorie Green. Um, is it Senator Green or she's in the House? She's a yeah, the QAnon Congresswoman. Yeah, right. It, uh, she's she's first thing she's going to do. She said is introduce articles of impeachment for Biden. What do you say to all these people with the they want to impeach Biden and they still want to continue with the stop the steal? Um, well, I'll ask them how, if, I, if, it, if they are open minded to hear what I have to say. Say ask for evidence, ask for actual proof, because they will find none. Um, tell them to look at the Electoral College. You know that's a Republicans right and butter right there. Um, and Electoral College went to Joe Biden. Look at all the court cases. Ask them why was Trump's legal team's narrative on election fraud different in a court hearing than it is outside of the court hearing. You know, question things, question it. Um, and you know that being a Democrat is not something to be afraid of or angry of because there are people in our country that don't have the same rights as they do. White privilege is not in monetary. Um, white privilege is not, um, you know, it's like, you know, in, in space, people are judged by the base of the color of skin. So Democrats fight for those who are marginalized or persecuted against, uh, judged against. So, you know, they're not going to take your rights away. Your rights are safe. They're not going to take your guns away. Um, so just be open-minded to what Democrats are really about compared to what you've been told about. Okay, um, I th- thank you for your 20 minutes. Um, it, it, it feels like it went a little longer, but um, if you don't have a watch, then I'm going to tell you we did 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> All right, I believe you. Th- thanks so much. I wasn't even going to take questions, <laughs> but um, I'm glad I did because so many people yeah, had me so many questions for you, and I really wanted to know how um, you came to be who you are. And you're a super cool dude, and I'm happy to hear that you would read my articles to the very end. Thank so. you. <laughs> uh, keep doing what you're doing, okay? Because I'm, I'm if I'm on Twitter, I'm going to follow you because I don't have Trump anymore. So I'm going to go to All sleep right. and wake up with your tweets. Oh, cool. I'm honored. Thank you, if you let me. Thank you. Don't oh, block definitely. me. Don't block me. No, oh, oh, nothing <laughs> will not. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Okay, okay. okay. bye. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, David, for your more than 20 minutes. I am, I'm so sorry, usually I, I stick to time, but um, he, was, he was really, I guess, so interesting. We had so many questions because we really want to know his journey, uh, and I learned so much, and I have to get this over to the producers, but if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's, if you're not already following him, it's at David M, uh, M is in Mary, Weissman, if you want to follow me, I'm at Aru Kathy, uh, not the other way around. I was late to the Twitter game. I joined when President Trump 
decided he was going to run for president and I reluctantly joined and apparently five other people already had my name. So I'm trying to be new to the games um, nowadays and claiming my name as soon as possible. And I'm so happy to say we are also found on Good Pods, which is a new app that uh, you could actually talk to each other like you do on Twitter and recommend podcasts. And uh, one of my favorites, Michael Rappaport's on there. So uh, really fun, uh, fun app. So you could go to Good Pods and join us there. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. And go to pressreader.com if you want to read over 7,500 publications. It's all, uh, it's, everything's at our fingertips nowadays. So, yeah. All right. Let me get this over to the producers before everyone kills me. Bye.